Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Podcast. We are already here in August, which brings a lot of excitement, especially since the Hall of Fame game is going on as we record the podcast tonight. Special uh, excitement here in Louisville with Lamar Jackson being here. The uh, sad part is our normal host, Farrell Elliott, has left us uh, to head to Wisconsin. But we are joined by a great crew. We got uh, always here our producer, Travis Cox. How you doing, Travis? I'm doing great, man. I'm ready for football. Uh, we're also joined by Mr. Party, Monday Night Football host, Travis's dad, Jamie Cox. How you doing tonight, Jamie? <laughs> what an intro. Well, Mr. You know, Mr. Monday Night Party. As I'd like to say, what a great friend of the league you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's a feral special right That's there, baby. Special. That is a feral special. I'd also like to welcome uh, 2011 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Champion, Justin McCord. Justin, how you doing? I'm always doing great, Fetch, when we're talking fantasy football. It's good to see all you guys. A special uh, shout-out to Travis. Congratulations on the wedding. I would have told you in person, but I was not invited. <laughs> Dropping the Ooh. invite bomb already. I like Ooh. it. You know how many people ha have uh, oh. kind of berated me for the invite, and, and it's, it's, been, uh, it's been fun. So There's well, only you, so you many people right, that can exactly. come. It was already a big it, wedding. It's I had a over, lot of money, right, Travis? No, not even that. We had over 200 people. It was a great time. It's just at some point, the people, the, the count just gets wild. Was it cash bar, open bar? Oh, it was free. I will never forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't the KFFSC an open bar draft at the Horseshoe too, Jamie? At least a couple years ago it was no. for Travis. No, it's One not time anymore. <laughs> One time. Well, we, we better get back to some fantasy news, even though Travis is – uh, child life, married life, it, it's such fodder here at the KFFSC. But um, some, you know, news this week now that we have training camp. I'm going to go to you, Jamie, first. Um, looks like Jordan Matthews uh, had something happen. What what did New England do to uh, try to help that situation out? Well, they went to went to sign Eric Decker. Uh, you know, he's a he's a slot receiver. Got to got to be a big help for at least while Edelman's out. But Matthews just can't just can't stay healthy well yeah that that's definitely true and Decker's been around now right he's been Tennessee Jets and Denver so that's a lot of places to be we'll see how that turns out they've a lot of receivers with Hogan Edelman coming back Mitchell Philip Dorsett so there's no telling as we always say it's it's very tricky in New England absolutely uh, Travis, news in Seattle, one of your favorite players, Doug Baldwin. What do you think this means? Is it scarier than it sounds? I mean, you know, Pete Carroll kind of played it off. He said it was a little issue. Uh, it's a knee problem. Baldwin is on the cusp of 30, so uh, this could be problematic. But, you know, they're going to sit him out for a couple weeks. He probably won't play any preseason games, obviously. I ex I'm not moving him down the draft board at this point. Um, but, you know, keep an eye on it and, and see if it progresses. There is no official injury on what it is, though. It's just a, a bum knee, apparently. I know that's a little sketchy, what they're saying. At least no surgery. And sometimes for the older guys, a little rest. Maybe it turns out to be a good thing. But anybody you think that could step up if uh, there is a problem there with Baldwin into the regular season? Definitely. And we'll get to this in another segment we do. But a guy named Amara Darbo, uh, he played for Michigan a couple years ago. He was a third-round pick in 2017. Uh, the guy is only – you know, he's six foot three and runs a four four. So he's a big guy. He can catch the ball, and he's somebody that you should be on the uh, lookout for if Baldwin is out an extended period of time. Yeah, these older receivers, you know, they can be a little uh, iffy. Anytime you get a little nick or a sprain or everything, kind of worried. Um, 
Justin, a little news in uh, Cincinnati. An older guy who uh, came from New England was cut today. What do you got for us? Well, today they, uh, they let go of Brandon LaFell, and I think the writing was on the wall there. Uh, it shows they wasn't quite that close. I think LaFell's agent had been actually campaigning for him to be released. Uh, releasing him early is probably better off for the guy, as now he's got more time to catch on with another team. He's still got some uh, life left in him, but with uh, a healthy Eifert for the moment, <laughs> for catching moment. some balls, and then with, Don't jinx him. <laughs> <laughs> with Tyler Boyd and John Ross there, they're ready to take over the duties. They just There was not a spot for Mr. LaFell in Cincinnati. Who do you think of the two it will be better for? Fantasy-wise, who does this give a tick to, do you think, Boyd uh, or Ross? My, my personal money's on Ross. That's who I'd like to see oh, take yeah. those receptions. Well, that's good insight from all the guys. Um, I know we got a couple more segments coming up. We're going to dive into some of uh, backups who we think may have a big year this year, have a chance to do that. Um, so we'll be back in just a few moments. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'ma head out west Where real women come equipped with scripts and fake press Find a nest in the hills, chill like Flint Buy an old drop top, find a spot to pimp Then I'm a kid, rock it up and down your block Welcome back to the KFSC podcast uh, Again, we are joined uh, tonight by Jamie Cox and Justin McCord Along with Travis Cox, who's here every week as our producer uh, we wanted to jump in a little bit of uh, what's going on the next couple weeks in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship and maybe j uh, give us a little insight on uh, how you won back in 2011 and how all these drafts uh, can help people out. Jamie, what do you, uh, what do you got? Go or not Jamie, Justin, what do you got going on? Well, it is uh, August, which is draft month, which means all our online and live drafts are this month. It gets me really excited. Um, our first live drafts are coming up in uh, Cincinnati. On Sunday, August 19th, they're mostly full. I think there might be a few more spots left if you call the Commissioner Farrell Elliott at 502-523-5057. And if you can get a hold of him, you might be able to uh, get in and draft a team there. Uh, unlike Travis's wedding, everyone is invited to these drafts. <laughs> Here we go again. There's that More dry heat. sense of humor Justin <laughs> loves to bring. I get so excited this time of year. I start looking at drafts online. I start looking at ADP. I start seeing huge value in players that I don't think it, the value is going to last once they shine in these preseason games. So these earlier drafts, whether it's in Cincinnati or whether it's some of the online drafts, I think the first one is August 12th, I love to be able to hop in there and seize some of that value before it disappears later on in the month. Does it also give you a good idea of like maybe guys you're targeting where they go, Justin? Yeah, it does. And in, in, in a draft like the KFFSC, you all know we choose our draft positions. That there's just absolutely no reason not to have the guys you want on your roster. So I usually have the first eight to ten picks written down on a sheet of paper before the draft starts. Now on occasion there's if not this, then that. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, I know exactly where my guys are going to go and where I need to take them from. Um, Jamie, I know you uh, love going up to Cincinnati. What are some of your experiences, and what do you think helps by getting in there early, that, that early week uh, before the horseshoe drafting in Cincinnati? What are some of the advantages? Well, it's like Justin said. I mean, you can you can seize you know an opportunity to to get some of your some of your guys that you think that that may you know fall a little bit early on 
Uh, you might get them in a in a certain spot a little bit later than if they have one big preseason game. It's you know they shoot up two three rounds. So a lot of times you can that that mid round uh, up in Cincinnati uh, that three to seven round. Uh, it's interesting, very interesting. How many teams are you going to draft in Cincinnati, Jamie? Uh, I'm in every draft in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Farrell loves you for that. That's why we call you a friend at the AFSC. <laughs> and your son joins you as well. Well, an interesting stat. My, my father and I, Jamie, have actually been in, what is it, uh, the last three years we've been in like over half of the uh, playoffs and 25% of the championships. So it, it's it's fun, man. No, Cincinnati's a good time. I, so I you're don't... not just a friend. You're a, a competing friend. <laughs> no. Oh, no, no. You, He's not he's not the donkey at the table. He's not easy <laughs> no. money. Trust me. I've played Absolutely against Jamie not. many times. Absolutely he, not. He, he's a fair, fair uh, opponent. Definitely gives you a, a good draft. I know another thing that's coming up on, on August 9th is the uh, big payback play-in draft. I know you're in that, correct, Travis? Well, I hope so. I don't, I don't know if Farrell's <laughs> taking me Farrell, out. Or <laughs> we're not sure. We think there's a, a couple openings, so definitely call him about that. I think it's a $99 entry point. Get a chance to play into the uh, big payback next year in 2019, which is becoming a, you know, a big thing. We got two or three leagues now. I know Farrell would like to get more. Again, if it is full, call him. He would fill up another league and start another, uh, you know, big payback play-in league if if people are interested. I know it's a, a big concept and people would like to do that. So, uh, Justin, anything else from Farrell as you're our go-between this week for Farrell? Well, Farrell has left us for Appleton, Wisconsin, where our reigning champ is, Mr. Kurt Awe. So we want to shout out to our Wisconsin brethren who are going to join us here in a few weeks, and big congratulations to Kurt. We got five owners who won their way into the Fantasy Football Players Championship in Las Vegas last year. Two more sets of owners that won the uh, I Want Vegas Ancillary Leagues. They should, If you're interested in, in the Vegas experience, and you want to win your way in, contact the commissioner and uh, try to get in one of these ancillary leagues. It's a good way to in, win that big Vegas team and a shot at a quarter million dollars for just uh, a couple hundred bucks. You're also going to have to give me some tips on how to facilitate a good auction league since uh, I now am taking, I guess I'm your brethren there, you're doing one, I'm doing the other. Uh, I don't think I can have the same dry sense of humor you have, Justin, but I'll, I'll throw it out there. And any pointers, I will uh, appreciate. It's the worst <laughs> feeling in the world. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing worse in the world than standing up in front of a group of people and being forced to do math. I've had, I mean, this is, I was no having. calculator? No, I was having nightmares. It doesn't matter if I calculate. I had nightmares of this in like third grade, and now I am living it. You're, you're up at a board. There's, there's names. There's numbers. You Quickly, what's 117 minus 56? See, uh, see yeah. what are you talking? You know, it's, it's 61. just 41, 51. I don't know. <laughs> Look, either way, you're good at it, Justin. We're all from Kentucky, and there's some truth and stereotypes around here. And math <laughs> oh, is not my strong suit. <laughs> all right, now that we're into the stereotypical uh, parts of the world, let's talk about some guys who could possibly start for your fantasy team later in the year. So maybe week five on, when all the injuries start to pile on, uh, when the waiver wire starts to heat up. Justin, fetch. Jamie, do you have any guys that you're looking at right now that could possibly lead you to fantasy stardom? Sure I do, and I ain't telling you none of them. <laughs> That's why he wins. Oh, well, you, you'll get for, just for namesake. No, for backup, I mean, for somebody who could step in as a result of an injury, uh, maybe the role was reversed, Kansas City, you know. Hunt was, was uh, obviously got a bigger role when – 
when uh, Spencer Ware Spencer Ware went down. So you know Spencer Ware didn't go away. He's healthy now, and who knows that could uh, that could play a little role reversal there. You never know. Spencer Ware is basically uh, Justin ADP. What do you have on him? Is he he's basically undrafted, isn't he? He's 16th and beyond, maybe. Hate to put you on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks. While, while he's looking that up, what, what do you have for a guy who could possibly bring that up? You know, uh, the guy I like, and again, he played quite a bit late in the last year, and he's kind of in the second, third spot in Tampa Bay, and that's Peyton Barber. Oh, yeah. You know, he's 22, so he, I was drafting, and I saw he got drafted in the Valentine's League, both in the second round, because in some ways he's like a rookie. It's only his second year. We don't know what's going to happen with Ronald Jones, and any rookie that 16 games is a big, you know, that's, that's a big difference between college when you're probably playing nine conference games, which is, you know, three cupcakes. So you're not even playing half a season. So I think a guy like Peyton Barber may be a guy you get as a backup and he could put up some numbers for you. I agree. I think that, uh, you know, with Jameis Winston being gone those first couple games, uh, it's probably going to be an emphasis on the run. And Ronald Jones and, and Peyton Barber both may see an extended amount of time. But uh, I just have an overwhelming, overwhelming feeling that Ronald Jones is going to be far and away better than any running back on the roster and kind of take him away from, from there. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, I do like Peyton Barber, though. He, he's but no, a, but I, I guess my point is if somebody's going to get hurt or if somebody's going to exactly. hit a wall, it's going to be a rookie. And that's why Peyton Barber kind of – that kind of clicked when you said that. And they like him a lot, too. So it's, yeah. it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. All the value here lies in the New York Jets. They have, every, they have everything you, you want. They have a quarterback controversy that they're not calling a controversy yet. They've got a rookie who's just signed. They've got two great backups or possible starters in Bridgewater and McCown. They've got a receiver, Robbie Anderson, who could get suspended. They have Inunwa, Quincy Inunwa, who is still recovering from that neck injury and has a slight other injury. I think it was like an ankle or something he just, earlier he today. Just got injured, yeah, yeah, he had something. Yeah, tweaked. Then you have Terrell Pryor coming back from injury, and you have uh, Curse there in the wide receiver court. There's so – I mean, they're going to so have – So taking the whole Jets. They're going to have a decent offense. Say, <laughs> late in the draft, it would not hurt you to capitalize on that. Any Jets receiver, when you have a Nunwa with a possible injury and Anderson with a possible suspension. And both those guys basically fit that mold from the mm -hmm. last two years. Both those guys are guys that you got laid or came in and had really good years. I'm telling you, injuries I can deal with. It's the suspensions that bother me. As an Elliott owner last year, I have watched so many episodes of Law & Order. I, I went back and I binged watched all of Night Court trying to figure out what was going to happen to my running back, and the only conclusion I came to was that Dallas needed to sign Marsha Warfield. Marsha Warfield. Travis doesn't get that. I don't. No, it's, not at all. It, 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 it's all right. Justin, it's, let me ask you, who do you think is going to emerge in that receiving core? It, it is very jumbled. Assuming Robbie Anderson stays on the field, doesn't get suspended, Terrell Pryor is the guy that he was a couple of years ago, and Quincy Anuma comes back from his injury. With Curse in the back, you know, in, in the very end of the, the, the short list there, who do you think? I, I like Anunwa there because, personally, I don't think Terrell Pryor was the guy that he was a couple of years ago. I think that was kind of a bubble year. It was a perfect situation with some deep balls. And I don't think you're going to get consistency out of him. If Nunwa can stay healthy and can catch those kind of slot passes, he, he can be moved around. I think that's where all the value is. Well, I, I definitely agree with that. I think that there's some value to be had. The Jets uh, receiver position and the Colts running back position are my two favorite spots to try to figure out what's going to happen. I mean, they're literally unpredictable at this point. What do you have to say about this, Jamie? 
very unpredictable jet situation from what Justin just said it just makes me wonder if Terrell Pryor ain't the best quarterback on a team <laughs> come on I like it a lot I like it so you are a Colts fan Fetch yes, yes. I, I want to talk to you about this running back situation Marlon Mack is a presumed starter there's two backs they just drafted Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins who is your favorite running back there, and who do you think will end up with the most fantasy points? Uh, my favorite, Mac, is the true back, and he'll get the starts and, and probably get the most snaps. But I think Hines will get the most points because they will be a passing team. They're going to be behind a lot. The talent outside of Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton, is not good, um, which means they'll be behind, so they're going to be throwing to the back, which I think Hines, that sits his skill set – the best so I think he's the best fantasy option Mac will play the most now I do want to apologize for one thing because a couple weeks ago I said to go ahead and mentally quit thinking about Andrew Luck and Andrew Luck is throwing balls Andrew Luck is out there Andrew Luck's doing everything that Andrew Luck usually does so I want to apologize everybody <laughs> I am wrong <laughs> well it, it, was, it was a weird situation after last year and I mean it, it's scary we, we talk about these other injuries and you know there was a chance he wasn't coming back because he, it was in his head. It, it was real. I mean, it wasn't just the injury at that point. When the best thing you can say about a quarterback right now is that he's out there and that he's throwing <laughs> balls. I, I don't think we need to get too excited yet. I'm not uh, saying get excited. I, I just said quit thinking about it. I him. would get excited <laughs> about T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton's a, a sort of a value. I mean, he, he's going where, Justin, the third round right now? Yeah, that's where he's going. And as far as the running backs, you got, I think, Max in the seventh round. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Hines in the ninth. So I think the value is actually in the other back, Wilkins, who's back in the 13th. I, I talked about this last year. When, when it's a cluttered backfield, you take the cheapest option. And last year that would have worked great for you in New England where you take James White or a Deion Lewis. In Cincinnati it would have worked great for you because you take Bernard instead of Hill or Mixon. I, I totally agree with that. I actually like Wilkins a lot. He came out of Ole Miss. He runs hard, and he's he's a. They, they keep praising him. They say he's an every down back. It, it's a feral special. He's from Ole Miss. He's undrafted. He hits all the points of a Farrell Elliott sleeper. Farrell probably doesn't know who he is just yet. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to go too far on that. So the guy I want to bring up is, is what Fetch told me earlier, uh, you know, asked about earlier, is Amara Darbo. He's the third receiver, uh, presumably, for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the guy is basically, you know, in the, <laughs> I don't know, far teens right now in redraft leagues. Uh, but he's 6'3". He runs a 4-4, and the guy at Michigan is junior and, and, and senior year, uh, caught 58 passes each time, over 700 yards each time, over five touchdowns each time. Uh, and the guy is only a second-year receiver. So th- it, they got rid of Paul Richardson. I thought that was kind of weird and, and you know didn't really have a good reason for that, I guess. It just yeah, – I mean, could they have someone they really like? Is it, is it Omar Darbo? It, do you think Darbo, because he's bigger, it's kind of like a Jimmy Graham thing, Russell's – want somebody to throw it up because I know most people are thinking wow this Tyler Lockett shot to break out you know I've heard Tyler Lockett every year it's it's Tyler Lockett's turn how many years has Tyler Lockett been in the league three four it's been about 35 years now (laughs) well it's 34 as a kick returner and one year as a receiver so I'm not on Tyler Lockett whatsoever if Doug Baldwin goes down you need somebody that's big can take those hits and go over the middle um in Tyler Lockett is not a very durable receiver. Hey, what about tight end? Do you because they need a replacement for Jimmy Graham? Do you think Nick uh, Vernett is it that uh, 
can fill that role, or do you think they got somebody else? I, I like him, but, the, again, that's why I go back to Darbo. Darbo's a big guy. He can run fast, and, and the guy is getting some praise right now in camp. So, uh, for me, this is a guy you need to be looking at. He could be uh, someone that can help you win, sort of like a Funches. A Funches is a big guy. Doesn't really He's not very fast, but still, he came in late in the year and, and took his team um, and kind of carried them a little bit through the weeks. Speaking of Funches and old Carolina tight ends there, you know, if you watch my Keeper League draft tonight, you know I love old people who catch the ball, i.e. Jordy Nelson, Larry Fitzgerald, and Pierre Garçon. What do you think? Ed Dixon, anybody? Ed Dixon in Seattle? I mean, he's listed as the number one tight end. Tight end's such a thin spot. I mean, we got to find people to play in sleepers. I like, I like Ed Dixon as a player, but let's not forget that they also have two great uh, pass-catching backs yes. behind the rookie Richard Penny now in that uh, C.J. Procise and, and Chris Carson. And any one of those guys can also be used to step up if Seattle needs help in the receiving game. And J.D. McKissick's in that backfield, who had a good year last year as well. And let's talk about that, because technically, if you you know buy into camp hype, Chris Carson is the starter right now. So if Rashard Penny's the backup, he's going, you know, we're adjusting the fifth round right now. It, the fifth round is pretty high for a guy who's presumed to be the second guy. Do you believe he'll be the second guy? And who do you think will have the most points out of that backfield? Anybody want to jump Rashad in Rashad Penny's the guy. He's going to be the guy, and he's going to have the most points out of that backfield. I think you're right. It's a first round. I mean, it, it's a little different with Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll is a guy who loves competition. So he tends to take whoever does the best in camp. But, man, when you, you spend a first-round draft pick, i got to believe you got to find out what you have. I thought that was coach speak as well, so I, I'm totally with you on that. Um, I just I find it very funny that Chris Carson's ADP has jumped the whole what five rounds, Justin. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny how it works out. Well, that's one of the great things about Cincinnati. Uh, you know, you listen to the camp, the the chatter, and you know who's doing great, and they're talking all the coach speak, and this guy's doing that, and uh, who knows? Uh, Carson, I wouldn't discard him. I think that he runs. He's a violent runner. He, he you know, he runs hard. He, um, you know, he very well could, you know, stick in there and, and get some reps. But uh, I'm like you, Fetz. You you spend the first rounder in in this league, and you, you're going to get the ball. So speaking of first rounders getting the ball, running back wise, Sony Michelle is another guy who is rumored to be doing bad in camp. He's fumbled a couple times. You know, everybody. You know, Belichick is the worst coach when it comes to fumbling once, you're, and you're almost done, like that Jonas Gray guy a couple of years ago. So, with Sony Michelle being a first round pick, is it still James White and, you know, whoever else is in front of him right now, or, or what do you think? I've always been New England is truly situational football. They'll play as many people as they have to. And if you can do one thing good, like James White, I, I know people talk about James White. He has great playoffs, but really, if you put the numbers in, I wouldn't want him on my fantasy teams because he has—he's got such a small role, and they—and they win so much that you don't get a lot of late comebacks with him. Um, there's not a lot of guys I like in New England because I don't know who I can trust. That's—that's that's a, a fair point because last year I was doing some research on it. And last year, it's almost like they had—it's almost like tax, tax season for the Patriots. Each quarter, a new running back had the most points. It was Mike Gillisley. It was Rex Burkhead. It was Deion Lewis. It's just funny how it works out there. Uh, but now you, you're taking out um, Deion Lewis out of the fold there. Mike Gillisley is someone that we're not thinking about, right? And Jeremy Hill's added to it. So what do you think, Justin? Drafters in general are confused with New England. 
New England right now, according to ADP in the RT Fantasy Sports Championship, and I've selected that because it's most like the KFFSC right now. New Orleans and New England have 10 players taken on average in a draft. Wow. Those are the highest totals. However, New England players are drafted later in the draft. They actually only have one player taken in the first four or five rounds in Gronkowski okay. before Michelle comes in, Edelman, Hogan, those guys. Brady. There's a lot of uncertainty between fantasy owners and who's going to get the ball in New England. Because they've been burned so many times. I, I mean, Gillisey was the talk of the town, had those two great games right off the bat, and then we didn't hear from him the rest of the year. That, that's the bad part about it. I mean, you have to basically pick out who's your guy and stick with it. And a lot of times it ends up being a couple weeks and you're done. I mean, it's. Can I go back to Seattle, though? I got a really interesting question because we're talking about this Doug, Doug Baldwin thing. How does losing his red zone target and now maybe Doug Baldwin being hurt, them wanting to run to the ball? Russell Wilson was your number one quarterback last year. Am I correct? Fantasy wise? I, I think he was, yes. Yeah, in our, in our league. Mm hmm. I mean, do you drop him down to five? Is he still up there one, two? I mean, that, he's lost a lot of weapons and a lot of targets out there. I don't think he's top five for me right now. Um, I thought if, if Doug Baldwin is healthy, and, and you know, I'm sure he is, but if he is healthy, I, I like him to have a career year. But uh, without if Doug Baldwin is gone, if Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Graham is gone, uh, and they're looking at Tyra Lockett, Amara Darbo, and a couple running backs to throw the ball, I mean, you, you can't have him too high. That That's what I was thinking. I mean, quarterbacks – usually fall in the KFFSC anyway. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you're going to have to take him at a decent price comparatively, and I just wonder how, how people will treat Russell Wilson, especially that first, week, first weekend in Cincinnati before we see, you know, the, the true, um, you know, third week where we see all, all the teams and what they're going to do. What do you guys well, say? Well, normally you don't, you don't have to worry about Russell Wilson until week seven. <laughs> I mean, it seems like it seems like the last half of the season he just kills it. Right. In the first half, he's you know kind of slow. So um, I I don't know. I you still you can't with the way he runs and he's going to score. He's going to get touchdowns on the ground. I mean, you can't. He's he's definitely going to going to get his points. You can't, you can't discard him. Big but, part of their offense. I mean, big yeah, part of the offense. Even though they want to get back to the running game, they were most successful when he wasn't the focal point. It was Marshawn Lynch. When they went to two Super Bowls, Marshawn Lynch was the focal point of their offense. So. Well, that brings up the question then, if, if so many people are gone, uh, which pass catching back will, you know, re receive a lot more attention? Is it C.J. Procise? Is it Rashad Penny? I mean, C.J. Procise is a guy who was a receiver in college. With as many running backs as they have, it almost looks like they're going to the New England approach. Because I heard uh, Procise is going to be specifically two-minute third down type, and that, you know, that's it. And that's not bad. Procise could shine that way. Who knows? Oh, yeah. So it, usually when those type of gadget players are put into a very defined role, they end up doing better than they were if they had more touches. It's, it's kind of funny. Especially if the prediction that Seattle goes, what, 6-10 and 10 and is behind a lot because that defense is not as good. Exactly what wouldn't right. surprise me if Seattle pulled a, a New Orleans last year and just, just, you know, you have Carson who runs violent. You have Penny who's, who's you know, talented enough to be a first-round pick. Just run it. I mean, they very well could just try to use the run game. And, uh, you know, we saw what happened last year in New Orleans. I mean, there's two backs there very worthy of, and of Drew fantasy. Yeah. Drew Brees, all-time great, and his fantasy value went down, and New Orleans got better, and that could happen. And see how that's the it, – it's the fantasy versus reality of the NFL. These teams, they're worried about reality of winning, and us fantasy players want to know how that's going to affect us fantasy-wise. And speaking of the Saints, let's do one more backup here, and then we'll get into our segment here. But 
Cameron Meredith, Traquan Smith, and uh, Ted Ginn. Who would it be like? What's going on with that situation? And, and who's going to end up with the most fantasy points? I was uh, – I, I, I reaped the benefits of Ted Ginn last year in the 12th, 15th <laughs> round. <laughs> yeah, maybe two years ago too. But He had a good year at the Panthers. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I think if Meredith's healthy, I think if he's fully recovered, uh, I don't see how he don't win that, you know, that point battle there between the – between those three, I mean, obviously Thomas is going to get his first look, but Meredith is, uh, I think, you know, he's a little more talented. And you guys keep throwing around how old people are at 30, which I don't <laughs> think that's old. But Gin's, Gin's up there. Gin is up there. And, and, Justin, what do you think about these three guys? Again, it comes down to value. you got Meredith going in the 10th round. You've got Gin in the 18th. What about Traquan Smith? He's not being drafted. Yeah, he's currently undrafted. I'll stick with Ginn. I'll stick with the veteran who I think the presence of Meredith is actually going to help him out. Now, am I going to start him every week? Of course not. But I would be very happy to have Ted Ginn on my team as a bi-week filler or as one of those injury backups. He's going to get uh, plenty of PPR points. When you get down that far, you're not looking for someone to start for you every week, obviously. So, Ted, Justin's right. I mean, you always go with the lower, value, the lower ADP as far as – when you're picking between two guys that might have similar roles or you don't know who it's going to be, that's that's usually a smart <laughs> strategy there. Go with, go with the uh, uh, lower-valued one in everyone else's eyes. But let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with another segment, and then we'll wrap it up and see what happens. See if Pharaoh likes the episode. <laughs> with some more KFFSC podcast action. And what we're going to do now is throw it to Fetch. Fetch is going to ask a couple questions on how to make your draft weekend a total success. First of all, I hope everybody's enjoying this, uh, the Inmates Running the Asylum <laughs> podcast of the KFFSC. Me and Travis like to take control. Usually Farrell's whipping the chain on us, making us look up stuff on our computers, got us going. We're kind of freewheeling tonight and having some fun. <laughs> and it's great having these guests that have – been with us for so long played in so many drafts I think different venues probably the KFFSC has has been in because uh, we've only been at the horseshoe what about 10 years so tell us Jamie what makes the experience special why do you come back and and what can people do to make sure they get the most and really enjoy this because it's not just about the draft it's, it's a good time to see some old friends and new acquaintances oh yeah it's it's uh you know the whole weekend if if you if you get involved on the Friday night, uh, they, I think that's the auction, and they have some other stuff. Saturday, you know, he has has leagues. Sunday's the main event. I mean, if if you're just going to play one team, get there a couple hours early. You can see the draft boards from all the way uh, all weekend and, and give you an idea, of, you know, what things are worth people are going and, and what to expect. And then probably the two things that keep me – Three things. Farrell, he's relentless. You'll never be able to, to not play. Uh, but, you know, being able to draft or, you know, uh, auction for your draft position, that's that's unique and it's fun. And it's uh, – so you can kind of control that. And if you play enough teams, you can you can play around with that. Uh, and, then, and then second, I would say the competition 
for for no more than what the the total value of what we're playing for it is amazing how how good the competition is it's crazy and all over the country you got people coming from everywhere that all over the world yeah yeah that's with Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> good with Rachel. now we know justin's not going to let the uh party talk down so go ahead justin give it to us <laughs> such a party well it's certainly a, it's certainly a bonus that the uh the annual Cox after party is after the draft. Uh, I'm always invited. Are you sure? I have a standing invitation to that. Oh, you got a paper out. <laughs> but uh, honestly, you know, what, what, what our commissioners tried to do is really give our local players that Vegas experience where you come to a great location and there are, it's nothing but fantasy football from morning to night. Um, whether you're not drafting, you're sharing a story with another drafter, you're discussing strategy, you're looking at all the other draft boards. There's always a draft going on, different formats if you want to learn a new format. And this is, this is kind of like the difference between, say, the old Big East basketball tournament or ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament. There's no 16 seeds in this. Everybody's good. There's going to be one of the world's best players in your division, guaranteed. They come from all around. It's certainly got a reputation as being one of the toughest competitions you can be in, and that's how you get better. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, and there's no better way of doing it than coming out, drafting a team, and then staying, watching and seeing what other drafters do, discussing strategy. You'll not find another competitive hobby like fantasy football where your competitors are so willing to share their insights and their thoughts with you. Look what we're doing right now. <laughs> Giving up all of our sleepers, all of our good guys. But it's, it's all in the name of fun, and Justin's right. It's, there's so many options, too, that Farrell provides. You, you have the uh, best ball leagues. You have the keeper leagues. You have the auctions. You have the redraft leagues. And there's just so much you can do. And you really, we tried to do it all. Hake does it all. But you can't really get it all into one weekend. So that's why there's online drafts even. So Farrell has it going on. Farrell has the perfect event for the perfect place, and we couldn't be more happy with, with what we get to do every year uh, around the August. And, and that throws out the, uh, the bidding for draft spots. I mean, I don't know how many people who come, oh, you play fantasy football. God, I hate it when I get to 12. And then I enter three leagues and got 10, 11, 12. And I think we're getting ready to talk about what end do you want to be in, the back or the front. And I'm going to ask you guys this because you're going to get your chance. Are you going to stay – all in the back you're going to go front back you're going to go middle it's one of the biggest decisions if you've never played it come early to watch one of the other divisions draft because it's very unique because i mean especially with our four running backs that are so high this year it's going to be interesting how those numbers are you going to have to blow all your money to get one of those top four or not uh jamie what give a little insight i know you don't want to tell us exactly what you're going to do but (laughs) where do you want to be in this draft and why well, I, I, you know, I'm going to play. I have several main event teams, and but uh, in years past, I would, I'd, I'd say one's more dominant than the other. But this year, honestly, uh, if you get one of the four running backs, you're going early. Uh, in the back half, uh, I mean, that, there's some serious value, and with third round reversal, we didn't talk about that. That is that's huge. That's unique. Uh, so so going to that last, you know, it's funny because when I, you know, we first started doing this. 15 years ago, whatever it was, you the first it was like 15, like all the way down to 12, you could just get zero. Nobody wanted 12, and then third round reversal made it to where it's like you know nobody wants the middle, though you can get that free. But then it's all of a sudden 12 hole might cost you what it costs for the third hole. <laughs> right, exactly. And in, in the big payback league I did last year, 
I went 12 and I had to pay almost $600 for it. And number one went for like 500. And it's just because I didn't want eight or, or six. That was the only three spots left. I wait too long and boom, I'm paying $600 for the 12th pick. <laughs> There's a lot of strategy and you'll, you'll eventually see people who basically will take the 12th player because they really want him, but they'll, they'll bid on the 10 spot to get it for less and they'll take that 12th player and try to manipulate it with a couple different players well let's talk about how it actually works too because we're talking we're throwing these numbers out here you get a thousand dollars of fantasy money uh, fantasy money is used to bid on waiver wire ads that you that you see along the season uh, and that goes up until week what is it uh, 12 11 I don't know it, it goes <laughs> up through the playoffs through, through 13 the, through, through playoffs. 13 okay so it, you gotta really spread that out because if you waste all your money on Todd Gurley or like I did $600 on the 12th spot last year I think I got Doug Baldwin maybe but uh, you know you only have $400 left for the rest of the season and a lot of these it, it'll shock you if you haven't done this before you know you'll get somebody crazy like Last year, I think Samaj P. Ryan went for like, you know, $600 multiple times. And it's people like that who didn't even do that well <laughs> will go for crazy amounts of money. Uh, so you really have to watch what you're doing. And that goes into the strategy, right? Exactly. You want to have some money left uh, for that one hit wonder or that guy that the Alfred Morris a few years back. I mean, there's always a guy that, that kind of breaks out week one or week two and like, oh, why didn't I draft him? And of course, any of us could have had him on week two. 20th round of any draft yeah but but then he breaks out and again if you spend a bunch of money on your draft spot because you had to go in a certain spot and get a certain player you can be left out of cold on those uh free agents justin your strategy a little bit back and uh front or back and and how the waiver wire is always important and you need to save some resources for that i know when i the year i won the championship i had added uh victor cruz and tory smith off the waiver wire but you don't have to spend 600 or 400 for them if you get them the week before they go off. So mm -hmm. if I have dead weight on my team, I'm always churning. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find that next guy, and I'll spend a dollar or two on him. It's much easier to spend a dollar or two on him a week early than before $600 a week late. Uh, you know, I'll always say you can win from any position, and I'll, I'll brag a little bit here in that I've got four top ten finishes in Kentucky, three of them in the top five, and I've done it from all over the board. And this year, more than any other, I think you can win from absolutely any position. I mean, I think we can all agree right now that zero RB is dead for the upcoming season. Uh, you can win with that strategy, but I don't think you're going to see most drafters taking that strategy. And there's some argument after the first three picks about what order someone's going to go in. And if someone is absolutely have to have Antonio Brown, then they might have to bid up to the third or fourth spot just to make sure they get him. If somebody wants Odell Beckham, then, yeah, they can go a little later towards 11 or 12 and probably have a fair shot. But with third-round reversal and bidding for your draft spot, there's absolutely no reason that you would come unprepared to a draft. You should have a list of about four or five players, and you should be able to get three of them. You should have a list of about 15 players, and you should be able to get about eight or ten of them. If you follow the ADP, if you take guys ahead of where they're going just to make sure you get them. I know, Travis, a couple of weeks ago you said that's your strategy. You, you know who your guys are, and you go take them. And sometimes you got to take them around earlier, but you make sure you get them, you have a team you're comfortable with. I'm not one of those guys. I'm in several drafts, like all of us are, but I'm not one of those guys where I'll try it from one, and I'll try it from 12, and I'll try it from six. I like who I like, and I'm going to go get those guys in every draft, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and, and some seasons you take a beating. and some seasons it really pays off and you find yourself in Las Vegas. Tell me, tell me this, because uh, so many people focus on your first-round pick when they're doing this uh, bidding for their spot. How much do you take account 
I, I kind of feel like the end of the second round is a little weak. Do you think about who you can get in the second and third round when you're say, – say you you like a uh, Le'Veon Bell and a Alvin Kamara. Kamara you can get towards the middle. Um, Le'Veon Bell you're going to go up top. Would you lean more towards a Kamara because of what you can get in the second and third round compared – to, to Le'Veon Bell or not? There's a trade-off there. There's something else you're not mentioning that I think has value in a draft. Not everyone agrees with me, and it's being on the end, being on a 1 and a 12 and having two picks back-to-back, -back, mm -hmm. or being 2 and 11 and having two picks relatively close to back. Not only can you avoid runs, but you can start them very quickly. If you go tight end back-to-back, -back, which I don't know that I would necessarily, <laughs> with one flex spot in the KFC, tell you to do, if you go defense back-to-back -back in the 10th or 11th round and you get two good ones because defense scoring is, is a big factor in this uh -huh. in this contest you can you can see some panic across the table and there is nothing the all right the two best things in my opinion about this draft coming up is going to be the cox after party <laughs> again here we go hey we're friends <laughs> we're, we're, yes. we're we're you know and it's the look of fear and unpreparedness in a competitor's eyes as they shuffle papers and cheat sheets and look back <laughs> at the laptop because you've, got, you've done something a little off tilt. I'm telling you, if you do that in tight ends, say, say the last Evan Ingram and you know, no, Kyle Rudolph, you're like six, seven, and you take two of those and the guys right beside you don't have tight ends, they're going to freak out. Oh, we yes. all like to wait on quarterbacks, and there's nothing better than in the 10th or 11th round or 12th round going quarterback back to back and, and then watching one. everyone else who was waiting on quarterback wet themselves. <laughs> it, it is fun. It's also fun when you take someone a little bit early and – you, again, you see that shuffling of the papers, and oh my God, what, what's going on here? And then they're almost totally unprepared. That that is one of my favorite things to see. Uh, not that someone's messing up, but it's just funny to see that you cause a reaction like that. So, um, but as, as far as getting back to the the first round here, uh, this year, like Justin said, I mean, you can literally go anywhere and win, uh, but you have to have that list of players. My my father and Jamie and I were just talking a couple days ago, and I only like four players in the first round. That's it. And, and I'm going to go get those guys every single time. And is there something that you guys want to say about maybe having too many of the same teams? Uh, because that's what, you know, Jamie always brings up. Hey, you, you have like five of the same teams. And, you know, he, he likes to spread it out a little bit. So what do you guys think about that? Last year I was convinced that running back early and often was the way to go. I, I could see the drop-off in the position after those first solid couple guys and the depth at receiver, and I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I grabbed David Johnson almost everywhere. <laughs> and it made my season very difficult. But when I look at who won these big contests, I know exactly that was the right strategy to do. I just had some bad luck. I mean, in the break, Travis, we were talking about, I thought Hopkins is going to be the number one receiver. You like Beckham. Oh, yes. Both of them, Hopkins more in the middle of the first round, Beckham towards the end. I like Dalvin Cook towards the end. Dalvin Cook has the possibility of finishing the top five, top three running backs easily. Some people think McCaffrey could, and he's in the second round. So I don't think you necessarily have – I'm not going to get hung up on who my first-round pick is. I'm going to have several scenarios written down for roster composition. I'm going to say, if I take this guy, then I'm going to focus on this guy unless this guy falls to me. And I'm going to build the team I want, and I'm always going to walk away from that draft table with the team I want. Maybe I win, maybe I don't. But this year, better than any other, I, I think there's real potential in just sitting down at a spot and, and seeing where the draft takes you. Do you have, we're talking about roster composition, do you have a, a number of, say, running backs and wide receivers you want in the first 10 rounds 
and also for the whole draft, Justin? I mean, what, what do you do? I know we talk about quarterback late. Does that mean you'll take a couple extra flexes in that top 10, or do you have to have your tight end? What, what is your feelings on roster composition, especially up front there? I want to go earlier with running back, just like last season, because I do think there's a noticeable drop-off in that position, and I think everyone sees that as well. I think I'm you're not <laughs> you're not telling us anything. It's crazy. pretty easy to pick up uh, some some wide receivers, especially in a league where you got to start three. You can't start four. Um, I always seem to be scrapping for running back at the uh, at the end of the season, no matter how many I draft up front. So that's my area of weakness. I, I always have two quarterbacks. I know uh, Mr. Brandon Hakey was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago saying only draft one, only you know, and that sometimes <laughs> works. Last year we see guys like Alex Smith. Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, guys that are putting up QB1 numbers that aren't even drafted okay. at all. But I'm not walking away from that draft table without at least two. And they can be very late in the draft, and I'm fine with that. I'll, I'll, I'll usually walk away with only one kicker. That's, that's not crazy. We've seen you know, a couple hurricanes that have come through and rescheduled games and left you, hang, <laughs> you know, high and dry in a hurricane with, with, with zero kickers when that happens. But, no, I don't have a hard and fast rule. I, I do want to get, say, two running backs within the first five or six rounds maybe a tight end in there. If I, if I wait on tight end, maybe I take an extra running back there. But I, I, I think you can go strong at wide receiver there, but I think someone else is going to pick a wide receiver in the 12th round that's going to score just as much as the guy you took in the third or fourth. One last question. This is an interesting question, I think, this year. Would you take a defense before a quarterback? No. I probably won't. I don't have a problem with it. It's an interesting scenario since defense is so important. I, I like to get it. Is. I think a team, you know, some of these defenses are going to score 15 to 30 points a week right in that range. Their low output is going to be eight. I mean, that's great for something you're picking up in the 11th or 10th round. And do I mind waiting to the 11th or 10th round for, for a quarterback? Not at all. Mm -hmm. So if it comes to me and I'm unsure about what three quarterbacks – or there that, that my top three and I just, I'm not really sure what I want to take and I'm going to look up at the board I'm going to see all those red quarterback stickers and I'm going to see what's likely to come back to me and then I'm going to take the top available defense probably Jamie what do you think about your roster composition do you have a hard set rule how many running backs do you want how many receivers do you want in the first couple rounds or what does that look like for you absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> all right nice, nice it by the cuff there <laughs> honestly honestly uh you, you know, you, you can go into a draft and, and respectfully, very respectfully, because Justin's a great player. But <laughs> I don't I don't have a, a plan. If I get this guy, I'm going to get that one. I really do. I try to go, you know, pick where I want to pick, hopefully get the first rounder that I want, and then I draft the board. The, the board can swing. You know, Justin mentioned these runs, and, and that's later in the in the draft. But even even early on, if, if all the running backs are taken and you can load up on receiver and, and then get that one back, I mean, it, it just depends to me. I'm, I'm watching that board. So, I, I draft so, the board. So you're the guy that's not wetting his pants when people am, do the thing. I am. I, I had a situation where I, I had a tight end. Didn't, I was waiting on it, and then a bunch of people took it. And I actually waited and got Jason Witten in the 16th last year as my starting tight end. And it ended up working out okay. I mean, he scored points. I got another mm -hmm. backup later in the year. And I was able to get Kareem Hunt and some better guys in the eighth and ninth, which helped my team. So I think it's a key point that you got to be able to do that. you got to be able to flow with the draft. Don't let something, just because they did that, oh, I better go get a tight end and jump two rounds for a tight end you don't even like. 
Right. And, and no. sometimes going against the grain, like you said, to load up on a certain position when the other position is running is usually a, a very uh, – um, fortunate thing for you to do because like a lot of times when you get in that uh, what is it seventh and sixth round this year some of the tight ends are going off the board if you already have one maybe you drafted Kelsey or Ertz or Gronk and you know that's your spot to go get a couple of receivers you like or, or a couple of running backs you like it's that's what, what you're what you mean by flowing with the board is is either going with the grain or going against it really quickly well what I mean is that you 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 play the board you you I mean, you could see if a couple of teams went, you know, three running backs and four picks, you know, you know they're coming back with receiver, you know. So you that's that's a time to where you switch it up or could. But you can you just play the boards, all I'm saying. You could see the runs. You can see – you can almost anticipate what somebody's doing by their roster makeup so far. Um, so that, that's, that's my strategy. And that's always interesting to do, to actually predict the next player's pick. And, and if you can do that successfully, <laughs> you can win a lot of leagues. But that's always, you know, a lot harder than, than most. But when you are on the ends, like Justin's talking about, you have a couple uh, picks back-to-back, that's a little bit easier to do. When, when you're the 11th or 10th pick, uh, which is – I like that spot this year, um, and you're, you know, look at the 11th and 12th pick coming up, they need a receiver or they need a tight end you can go draft against them or wait on one of your guys around and get in, you know, coming back. So I, I definitely like the way you, you do that. And I think that's the way you taught me to do it too. So I, I'm right there with you. You learn something from pops is what you're telling us, Travis. I'm a little better now. But <laughs> <laughs> better than pops. Ooh. I don't know about <laughs> we can talk about that at the Cox after party. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> the Cox after party is brought to you by Jamie and Travis Cox. And also the Monday Cox party. Every Monday night, we're going to pick a new place, apparently, maybe. I don't know yet. No, we're going to. Well, we'll, Is it we'll Diorio's? It's going to be Diorio's. If we're going to Diorio's every night in St. Matt, or every night, every, every Monday night. night in St. Matthew's to watch the Monday night games, usually you'll see me tilting and, and being crazy because my fantasy teams aren't doing so well, or you'll see me very happy and drinking a couple beers. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, as far as this uh, who's better, let's do a, uh, let's do a hair match. Uh, whoever whoever finishes higher, you know, the other one has to shave their head. Of course, you would pick a hair match. You don't have any hair. That doesn't make any Justin, sense. Justin, um, talk talk about. I'm getting in on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys don't have to do much. <laughs> I'm well, the one that's putting up the real money here. <laughs> Speaking of Travis putting up money, you are all invited to the Cox after party. <laughs> uh, one more thing I'd like to add here is that uh, we, we've talked about third round reversal and bidding for your draft spot. Things that make this league so unique and so much fun. Uh, these, uh, the Cincinnati drafts we, that are coming up, we usually post the draft boards online, a picture on, on Facebook, or, or I think sometimes we've even streamed them live with video. I know we do that with the online drafts as well. So get in contact with, uh, the, with the Facebook page, I guess if you search for... It's, uh, it's, you go to Facebook.com and type in the KFFFC, you'll find it really great. Quickly. Or call the commissioner at 502-523-5057 if you're if you're ready to jump in, that's great. If you if you need to come by and watch a draft or stream a draft and just see how it is, you're more than welcome. You're always invited, unlike Travis's wedding. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Facebook and call the commissioner old school on the phone. Travis, are we on Tinder yet? We are not on Tinder, but that would be a great addition to the uh, lineup of, of social medias we have. I do want to point out that our podcast is on several different um, hosts. You have podbean.com, you have soundcloud.com, you have itunes.com, and we're getting on Google Play here shortly. So there's 
all times, all types of different ways to listen to the podcast. And usually in the MailChimp link, you'll also have a, a way to listen to that as well. Locally, it is available on cassette if you're not internet savvy. <laughs> I thought it was 8-track. 8-track. Farrell's got the 8-track. Farrell would have an 8-track version I, of the podcast. Travis, I think we're getting a little off the rails. It's getting a little crazy. Maybe we ought to uh, close her down for the night. What do you think? I, I think we're ready for it. And if we didn't, Farrell will probably be calling us here soon to ask us how we did anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, join us again next week when Farrell will be back and kind of skip back in line calling at 502-523-5057 if you're interested in any leagues we want to come out we want you to enjoy yourself uh, meet us all it is a really good time it's camaraderie uh, like I said he runs the best best draft in the Midwest you'll have a good time um, that's all for me anybody else got anything cue the awful music pick from Farrell Descended like flies